Welcome to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jones. I am a certified personal trainer, and I'm here to help you achieve your fitness goals without pain. In each episode, I'll share tips and strategies that will help you stay safe and pain-free while you're working out. I'll also interview experts in the field of fitness and pain management. So if you're ready to learn how to stay active and pain-free, then subscribe to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jones. So as many of you know, I have been an athlete pretty much since uh, I was about seven or eight years old, and I've been a fitness coach for a long time. And it is a normal thing to have to deal with fear. And I did not realize that fear was neuroplastic. Um, some of you may have listened to other episodes where I talked about the idea of pain being neuroplastic, right? We have this um, pain sensation, our brain goes, holy crap, and then um, your body or your brain actually creates another um, reaction to the pain, right? So now instead of the pain just being a twinge, now the pain has a twinge and a meaning, and then the meaning gets more and more as time goes on, and then you get into this uh, pain-fear cycle that you can't snap out of, and then that's when hopefully you find some help or you make some changes that will get you out of that and get you, you to a healthier place. So I realized I talk a lot about pain and other things, but I never really talked about fear. And so today's episode, I really want to kind of take a dive into fear or how that can affect pain and how it affects other things. So me, I was a nervous kid. Um, You know, my family of origin, uh, I was the last one out the door in terms of uh, the third child. And so my parents were kind of done parenting and Um, they really didn't want to, um, I don't know, have me be a whiner (laughs) is the easiest way of saying it. So they, you know, I had to suck it up and, and keep quiet about things. And so, uh, you know, I wasn't allowed to express feelings, you know, sadness, um, anger, all those things. And on top of it, I couldn't express my fear. So whenever I was afraid of something, you know, I would be told to, nut up and, you know, move ahead because, you know, the rest of the world has that fear too. And, you know, are you going to make it, you know, stop you from progressing or doing whatever? So I was taught at a very young age to not express feelings. So how does that come out for a kid, right? Well, it comes out in having headaches. It comes out in upset stomachs, stomachs, one. I only have one stomach. Uh, It comes out in nail biting, Right. But there's only so long that your body can tolerate that. And then it ups the ante. Right. Because you're not paying attention. So, you know, um, that aspect. Right. The moral of the story is express your feelings. (laughs) Don't hold them in. You need to let them out. But every time. Right. Every with every event, when something would happen, my brain would freak out. Right. So the twinge in my stomach went, holy crap, I'm going to get sick. I can't do this, right? I don't like to vomit. You know, who likes to vomit? But just the idea of like, I'm going to do this. This is going to be embarrassing. I'm going to be somewhere and I'm not going to be able to get home, right? All those things, right? Wherever you may be. The tightness in my neck. Oh, no, that means a migraine's coming. I don't know what to do with that. Like, oh, I can't go out 
because, you know, the neck is tight. And so that, I'm, you know, the immediate thing that's going to happen is the migraine. Oh, it's hot out. Nope, that's uncomfortable. Can't do that. You know, that's going to cause me either to have an upset stomach or it's going to cause me to have a migraine. So I don't want to do things that are going to upset the bodily movement. And that essentially is what neuroplasticity is, is your brain reorganizes itself in response to these decisions that you make, right? You are encoding these behaviors. You're creating new, new neural pathways. And these fearful events are just getting, you know, tattooed into your memory. And that's what your brain is holding on to. There's no logic here. Right. Your brain doesn't recall the times that you didn't get sick or that you didn't get a migraine. Right. There's times when, you know, I've had people ask me like, well, name the last time you threw up because you were hot or because of you that your head hurt so bad or whatever. And I can't recall those times. But my brain and me, right, or the reinforcement I'm getting from my brain is that I'm focusing on the fear. And the fear is a fire that needs to be stoked, right? And so that's what these thoughts are doing. And so I'm strengthening my synapses and I'm, you know, just creating these pathways of fears. And I don't want to hear what you have to say that that never happened before, right? That's why it's not logical. But it is a way that I was living my life. It was the, you know, the thing that kind of kept me from doing stuff. So, but... It starts with, you know, a basketball game that I'm nervous for. It starts for a flight that I get nervous for or whatever. But then eventually it just bleeds into everything, right? And then you worry while you're on the field and you're doing something and you should be happy and distracted by the activity that you're participating in, you're afraid of performing badly, right? Then you start looking at people around you and you're like, holy shit, I'm not as good as her. She's going to take my position. I don't know, right? In sports, it's never good to compare yourself, right? We do that because we compare ourselves with everything, right? It starts off in school. We compare your test scores against kids across the country that have different circumstances, whatever, so that you can feel like you're better, right? You need to be reading at um, grade level. What the hell's grade level? Well, grade level is basically what your peers are reading at, right? So we're teaching you that comparison is the only way that you can function in the world. And that's kind of bullshit. But that's where we are. Um, I remember somebody told me that they wanted Tiger Woods golf game, but didn't want Tiger Woods life. And I would have to agree, right? Because the golf game brings in money. He looks like he's having a good time. Maybe. I mean, at this point, I don't know if I'd want his golf game either, right? Because he's pretty stressed out, dude. And it's definitely created a path for him that I'm sure he didn't think was going to happen when he was six years old, just playing golf. Um, I enjoy playing team sports, right? I would never play golf uh, in that manner or in a competitive realm because you are all by yourself. Everything is about you. And that is not something I wanted. I wanted to kind of blend in. I wanted to be that average player. I didn't want to stand out. But on the other end, I did want to stand out, right? I wanted to perform well. So that inconsistency with, you know, my, I guess, behavior and what my brain was believing and all that creates stress, right? And that's never a good thing. And it also creates fear. So this kind of sent me down this cycle of despair um, and I couldn't shake it. And I noticed that as time went on, it kept getting worse and worse. 
everything I did, I was looking at, you know, Strava is one of those mechanisms that allows you to compare yourself. And as you find when you're competing or riding your bike or swimming or whatever, all of a sudden you start comparing yourself to people. Not a bad thing, but um, eventually it kind of creates more anxiety in terms of how you're performing and what other people see. And that doesn't always work out. Anyway, back to the whole point. So 2011 is when I started to um, create my personal training business. And it was, uh, you know, up and running. And, you know, this is what I'm doing. A friend of mine said, hey, let me help you out. I have a studio. You can rent space for me and we can build your clientele. And I thought, this is fantastic. And then all of a sudden, I started having these weird type, um, the only way I could describe them now are like panicky behaviors, right? So I would be driving and I would hit different parts of the road, you know, there was never like, oh, the same place or whatever. Eventually it became the same place in the road where I'd get nauseated. And then I think, oh, I can't do this. Like, I can't teach this class. I'm going to get sick. People don't want to. I mean, I literally show up and I'd be green. And they're like, oh, how are you doing? And, you know, once the class was going, I was fine. But it was that anxious feeling leading up to the class, you know, and also probably a little, um, uh, what do you call it? Dang it, I lost the word. Um, You know, where your imposter syndrome kind of stuff, right? Do I really know my stuff? Do I know what I'm teaching? How am I teaching? You know, or people, and again, comparing, right? Well, the other, you know, instructors do this, and I'm not that instructor. And it took me a while to find my own niche of who I am as a teacher, Um, but nothing gets your attention like nausea. It stops you right in your tracks, right? And then I was creating that that moment, right? So I'd hit the same point of the road every time and I'd get nauseous. (laughs) It was kind of ridiculous. At that time, of course, I didn't know anything about TMS. So I was drugging the crap out of myself with anxiety meds and nausea meds and everything else just to make sure that I can function. And obviously, like, it was awesome. None of the stuff worked. And I think it's pretty funny because, you know, not even the placebo effect was working on me, right? Taking the pill, I didn't think, oh, I'm golden now. It's like my fear was pinned and there was just no way that, you know, any drug was going to stop me from feeling that sick. So now, you know, six years later, um, I'm in a situation where I have to attend a funeral and I get a migraine and that's the migraine that never goes away and you know, you know what I had to do, right? Like I eventually, you know, a couple of years later, I take care of the stuff I need to, and then I'm able to deal with the migraine, but I had no idea what actually triggered that migraine. And there was a lot of fear that was going around there. March of 2019, I get on a plane, short flight to San Diego, only an hour and 30 minutes, and I lose my fucking mind. Right. I now I get where people are like, I want to jump off the plane. I want to open the door, you know, all kinds of shit. Right. So I'm already terrified getting on the flight because I'm leaving my house. Then there's a guy who asks for a barf bag before the flight even started. Sorry. And that sent me flying because I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to watch him puke. This is horrible. Right. Because I'm terrified of people puking the whole deal, right? So I'm losing my mind. And then of course, the gentleman next to me is having probably the same kind of thoughts, but not saying anything. He's just 
farting, essentially, and he smelled like he was dying from the inside. <laughs> it was freaking brutal, right? I can't make this crap up. Then the cherry on top is my Apple Watch asked me if I was okay because my heart rate was pinned and I hadn't moved in 30 minutes or whatever. So then I was like, wow, my watch is calling me out. This is bad shit. So after that flight, I went, I can't keep going on like this. I need to go you know, find a therapist that's going to work with me with this particular situation. And we worked on all kinds of techniques, you know, all that she gave me, all these things, right? This is the tool you use. You know, we can tap, we can, you know, you could count, right? You can notice all the blue things in the room, you know, who's wearing a hat, like all, like all the things, square breathing, everything, none of it sticked, right? Now I understand that I was in a perpetual state of fight or flight, right? And I was stuck. So there was absolutely no learning that was going to take place, right? People with childhood trauma know this, right? You know, you go, somebody asked you about something and you can't remember things, right? You can't remember birthday parties, things that happen because if you're stuck in that fight or flight, you're not going to have memories. There's no room, right? You have to deal with, you know, the craziness that's happening right in front of you. So of course we know, right? I read the mind body prescription and that was probably the key for me calming down my nervous system. That also gave me space, it gave my therapist space to actually help, um, not, well, help me and to do her job. I also discovered this book called Dare. And Barry McDonough wrote the book, and it's called Dare, The New Way to End Anxiety and Stop Panic Attacks. And Dare goes with four main components, right? The word um, spells out something, right? So the first thing is diffuse, right? So you're having the fear, you acknowledge them, right? All my life, I have suppressed or tried to avoid feelings. And here in this circumstance, I have to actually acknowledge that I am okay feeling anxious. This is where I am. And, you know, this is not fantastic for me, I guess, is the best way of putting it. Like, you know, it's so much better than the holy shit, I'm dying and I need to, you know, not be on this plane. So the first thing is really just acknowledging the fear. A, allow, right? You know, accept the things that you cannot change, right? Allow these sensations to happen and you are going to have the crazy thoughts and you just have to ride the crazy thoughts. But allowing the anxiety to happen, not judging myself or feeling like I'm weak or stupid for feeling nervous or scared, that helped, right? Then the crazy part, the R, right? Run toward, right? If you're feeling anxious, then, you know, go toward the situation. Put yourself in those situations. Not exposure therapy kind of craziness, but that confrontation, right, of like, you know, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid of you, but I'm just going to stand here until the feeling passes, right? Because the other thing is it kind of allows you to soothe yourself and say, look, I didn't die, right? You're facing your fear head on, and that is a good thing. And it also messes with that neuroplasticity, right? You're, all of a sudden, you're disrupting the record that's playing. Then E stands for engage, right? So you are going to actively engage with the situation. Oh, look, you know, I'm playing with my fear. I'm on the plane. I'm waving at people. I'm doing whatever. I'm taking pictures. I'm like, oh, you know, that kind of stuff. Talking to people, right? Staying present. Because I will tell you that when I'm anxious, I shut down and I get quiet and I am not in my body and I don't want to deal with anybody. 
and to actually have to engage with people why I'm feeling this anxiety, it actually distracts me from the anxiousness and it pulls me into the situation, makes me more present. And then it goes away faster, right? What resists, what you resist persists. That's what happens. And me learning to stop resisting my fear allowed it to process through my body a lot faster. I'm not saying, oh, yay, I got rid of my fear. It's, you know, it's gone. But I'm processing it faster. So instead of being sick for three days because I couldn't face the fact that, you know, I don't know, I had to walk to the store or I had to go get on a plane or something like that. Now I go through the motions and I'm able to actually enjoy the trip I went on, those types of things. So I'm reading the book. I'm doing all the things, right? Then I find out there's a freaking app and the app is insane. I love this app. If you are somebody who's anxious and you have issues, download the freaking app. You can find it in the, you know, wherever you download your apps. They have anxiety relief. They have stopping panic attacks. They have, you know, do you want to relax? Do you want to end your insomnia, overcome worry? And the best part about it is they have an SOS section, which is help me. I'm having a panic attack right now and I need to listen to this. Um, of course, my favorite under, um, it's called Dare in Action section, is flying, Flight Anxiety. And I put that in on the way to the airport, and they're like, okay, here you go. You're on your way to the airport. You're packed, you know. And um, she talks you to through the whole thing from getting on the plane to getting off the plane. And I have done that a few times, and it has really helped me with being nervous about, you know, like, oh, there's a little turbulence or whatever it may be. It doesn't, you know, talk about neuroplasticity specifically, but the way that he and his colleagues designed everything from the book to the app really talks about rewiring your brain, your brain's responses to fear and anxiety. And by doing all the things, eventually you calm your nervous system down. And then Again, by exposing yourself and going out and doing these things and feeling confident that you can do them, you're giving your brain a new message and it allows you to move through these events without it being a, you know, federal case. How has this changed for me? Well, athletically, I'm starting to go out and take more risks again. Um, when I have pregame jitters as I'm driving to the game, I'm just going, I'm excited that I am going to get to play softball tonight. I'm excited that I get to see my teammates. You know, when I make a mistake, I'm not worried about it. Um, when I'm, you know, getting bodily sensations, I'm like, oh, well, you know, my stomach's feeling a little sensitive today. That will be okay. Right? Those are the types of things that, you know, and they don't last. I'm still in the middle of this fear journey. So we'll see. But I did take a flight this summer and I didn't die. So then there's that. <laughs> right. Um, I'm going to keep moving forward. And I hope if, you know, if this is your thing, you do too. Um, no one deserves to be paralyzed by fear. We've been given the gift of living and our intelligence has given us skills and ways to apply them to our everyday lives. So onward and upward, you know. So if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me. Um, Please don't forget to rate and review. 
And as a quick side note, I'm planning on doing a couple of uh, Q&A episodes. So you can email me at painfreeathletepodcast at gmail.com. And I want to let you know that I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to listen. And I hope you have a good one. Thank you.